So yeah. what are we going to do today? Uh, today, we're going to check in, as always, um, at the front end of our podcast. Well, what are we working on? You know, that whole thing, how are we doing? And then uh, Michael is going to read a little bit from one of his short stories. Oh, yeah. And that is very exciting because we've been talking about, honestly, what you're going to read. We've been talking about this specific scene for a while, mm-hmm. which is very fun. Um, and then after that, we're going to go through some... Bad Writers Club tips and tricks for submitting and all the things that you as a writer um, might want to know as you're moving forward in your, your career to try and get things published. That's um, good. And then we'll kind of wrap up with some concluding remarks on the rhythm of what today or what Bad Writers Club will look like. Hi, I'm Michael Foss. And I'm Austin Foster. Welcome to the Method of Making Podcasts, where two normal people talk about their creative journey and hope to encourage and inspire you to press on in your own. Come sit with us. Great. Well, uh, let's let's check in. How are, how are you doing? I know last week uh, we chatted a little bit about um, it was a busy week mm-hmm. and you had to find the rhythms for how to get work done in the midst of all that. So how, how's this week going? What are you working on? How, how's all that? This week was a lot more successful at the writing every day in a in the like real i hate to moralize it but in the like what seemed productive that's good it was less one sentence here or there and it was more chunks yeah like big chunks yeah so i'm about to finish chapter eight and last time i think i was still trying to finish chapter seven or had just finished chapter seven And I'm so I'm on pace for a chapter a week, which is kind of a soft goal that I have. That's great. Which puts me probably about 75% done with this novel. Whoa. Because 15 chapters would be like a larger goal. Yeah. Depending on where the story goes, but between 12 and 15. And so if it's 12, if it ends up being 12, I'm three quarters of the way done. If it's 15, I'm just over half. So Cool. So for the people listening, uh, in your estimation, how long of a... Because this will be hopefully part of a maybe a series. Is yeah. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, how long of a first book do you think this one will end up being? Maybe page-wise, chapter-wise? I'm, I'm thinking that... Let's see. I'm at about 14 thousand words and i would love for this to be between 20 and thirty thousand words cool. so it's a smaller book sure because it's meant for younger a younger audience that makes sense and so i'm not trying to like go crazy uh and and to it's also been oh so i guess i'm closer to sixteen thousand words so it'll it's on par to being like 25,000 words. That's great. So, yeah. I think that's surprising to me. The reason <laughs> I ask, because all of the conversations we've had about what's going on in the novel, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's a lot that you've been working through. Yeah. And a lot of moving parts, a lot of really intricate details. So I am very excited to read it because I was thinking it was, this was going to be like a... 50,000. Yeah, like a 400-page book or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but, wow, that's very impressive and exciting. Uh, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, you are in... Have you started your second 
edits yet or are you still doing the dialogue? I'm still doing the dialogue, but I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of abandoning ship a little bit on the whole, I'm going to just put this away and I'm going to find it out later and mm -hmm. do my second draft then. I'm doing, I, I call it a 1.5 draft because I started just with the dialogue. I was just trying to edit down some stuff. But then as I was doing it, I was reading a couple of like the transition paragraphs between like this conversation happened and then like some little bit of action happened and then they're talking now. And so like getting that context for how to change the dialogue, I realized there were moments that were, like you were saying, unclear usually what I have trouble with is finding clarity in like character movements. How did they get from this space to this space? And how does that inform like the next step in the plot sort of deal? Um, like for example, when I first, very first time uh, I took a crack at this novel, I was writing a little scene in chapter one and I showed it to my wife and she was like, you talk about, Jack being here and then in the next instance he's like putting his hand in the water and for me I was like how did he get down to the water so I've been realizing I, I need to fix those sorts of things that makes sense in my dialogue so right now I'm on chapter 15 uh which is funny because I asked you you're you might be done at 15 <laughs> 15 I still have like eight chapters to go before that's awesome I'm at my finale um and I think my hope was I, was I was going to be done by the end of today so that I could print it and give it to my wife before the weekend, but I, I'll probably still work on it. Um, so right now I'm in a scene where I can feel I personally this past year got better at writing and there's much less for me to actually do. Cool. At the beginning, I was like, why did I say that? Why did I write that? Like, that's so goofy. That's so corny. <laughs> and that dialect that I keep talking about, that kind of drops off naturally as I spent this past year. I think I've read, like, read and listened to probably 30 to 40 novels. And <laughs> in all of that reading, I'm like, okay, this is how you do this better. So I, I feel like I could see my progression, which was really fun. Um, and it makes it easier as you get to those later chapters. Exactly. Now I'm, like, breezing through them. Like I just, cool. yesterday I opened up chapter 14 and usually it would take me an hour or two to kind of get through all of it. It took me 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is good to go. That's awesome. Perfect. So I'm on 15, breezing through. Um, hopefully I'll be done with that. And then I will hand it as my next thing. I will print it out and I will hand it off to my wife, Mom. who is my ideal reader. I want her feedback first. Uh, and then I'll see what she thinks about the story. All right. Yeah. I love that. So that's where I'm at. How are you feeling about... As you as you get to through you know chapter fifteen, you've got eight chapters left. Mm -hmm. Does it feel daunting? Are you feeling bogged down? Are you how are you when you sit down to approach it? Is it do you feel like you have to be disciplined, or are you still excited about going back to back to it? That's a really good question. I think I love the latter half of my story much more than I do the front half. Um, the front half was a lot of, what am I even writing about? You know, I know the basics of the story. I know where I'm trying to get, but I'm just kind of exploring and trying things sure. out. And right now, like 13, 14 and 15, there's this like little sequence of events that really sets off the entire plot of the next half of the novel. Um, and it's much more linear and clear than the first half was. It was just honestly, like if you, once you people read this the front half is jack like 
figuring out his surroundings, trying to figure out like, do I belong with my brother and his friends? Are they making fun of me? Like all these kind of dynamics that he's going through. And then there's an incident that kind of sets forward the rest of the novel that focuses on this one particular event, which is kind of the climax. And it's always just barreling towards that for the rest of the novel. And then once that climax happens, like the, the resolving action at the end, I'm very excited about. That, awesome. was, that was really fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to rediscovering all of these things. And these are, these are the things that I wrote in the past couple months. A lot of what I've been working on was eight months ago when I wrote this stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to be back in that space again. That was my favorite section of the novel. I love that. I can't wait uh, to see whatever draft you let me see. <laughs> well, y'all, we're going to dive in to reading some of my work. So if you want, you can skip this part. If you want to get straight to the tips for finding publications and all that. Yep, our Bad Writers Club content. That's right. You can skip past this. If not, I hope you enjoy it. Please, I will. This is a portion of my short story titled Feast. I'll give you quick context so that it's not so jarring. The main character, Lori, shows up to a house that she's been invited to. uh, And the man of the house who she finds out owns the house is someone that she met online and has kind of started online dating. And she's kind of getting her mind blown by how beautiful this house is. But when she sits down to have a drink, something happens and she gets really woozy and she passes out essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil it. But I will uh, let people read it if they ask for it. I'm locked in. Okay. And this happens after that. The following day, Lori woke to a soft blue light illuminating the room. At first, she flinched, expecting it to be too bright. But after a moment of clenched eyelids, she realized the opposite. The light was soothing. It felt cool against the throbbing headache. Good morning, Miss Porter. How are we feeling? The light began to flicker like the night before. Lori groaned and sat up. Her eyes panned the room. She saw clouded glass walls, sleek mid-century modern furniture, a gorgeous set of green velvet chairs with sharp angled and golden hardware, a retro mahogany coffee table, and a vintage gold stand-up mirror. It was quiet, and the minimalistic decor gave her the impression that everything was exactly where it was meant to be, including her. Despite the low, humming pain behind her eyes, she felt at peace. Lori laid back down and took a deep breath. A knock came from the corner of the room. She peeled off the covers, and instead of the previous night's black cocktail dress, she wore silk pajamas. Where did these come from? Lori pulled the cami away from her body for a better look. She didn't own silk pajamas, especially not purple silk pajamas. She let the cami fall free. The silk felt smooth against her skin, against her. Lori panicked and swung her arms across her chest. Uh, Shantae? Did... I hope you don't mind. I took the liberty of finding you some appropriate sleepwear, Shantae said. I see that, Lori replied. Don't worry, Miss Porter. Dimitri took his leave before I dressed you. Another knock from the corner of the room. But Lori couldn't see a door. 
After feeling her way down the wall nearest to her, a keypad, highlighted in blue, lit up. Lori pressed the camera icon and Shantae's face appeared. Then, she selected the key with a lock icon. Shantae's face disappeared, and the blue light from the keypad zipped across the wall, tracing out a door frame. The glass hissed as it freed itself from the wall, and the door slid open. Lori shook her head in disbelief. What is this place? Shantae walked straight past Lori and over to the bed, carrying two large shopping bags. Mr. Foley is running some errands this morning, but he will meet you by the pool this afternoon. In the meantime, let's get you dressed. She set the bags down on the bed and started rummaging through them. Ah, perfect, she said, pulling out a blue bikini and a thin white cover-up. Looks a little small, don't you think? Lori cocked her head and walked over to the bed. Shantae held it out for her. Go ahead, try it on. Trust me. She winked and walked over to the door. You're going to look great in this. Dimitri won't know what hit him. Meet me down by the pool after you get dressed. I'll have breakfast waiting. She closed the door behind her. But, okay. See you later, I guess. Lori exchanged her pajamas for the bathing suit and sauntered to the stand-up mirror. It looked amazing. But almost immediately, her eyes found every little flaw, every stretch mark, blemish, and scar. She closed her eyes. Stop your crying, girl, she heard her father's voice. You're already ugly enough. Besides, you should be thanking me. The voice sent chills down her spine. A blanket of fear covered her. She held her arms around her stomach. Ain't no one gonna want your skinny ass. Tears started forming, and her heart started racing. She could still smell the sweat and the alcohol. Worst of all, she felt his hand on her bare skin. Now, be a good girl and get cleaned up. Bring your daddy another beer while you're at it. Her eyes opened in fury, and she let out a scream. The glass shattered under the force of Lori's fist as she swung at the sight of her father's face. It lingered behind the cracks. She spun around, fists still clenched, but the room was empty. Her blood trickled down the mirror, pooling in the spaces between chunks of glass, and her dad just smiled. Is everything all right, Miss Porter? Shantae asked. The sound of her voice chased the phantom away. I'm fine, Lori said, wiping away tears. Just need a moment. I heard yelling. Are you? I'm fine, Lori snapped. Just please. She took a deep breath, trying to calm herself, and turned back toward the mirror. The face was gone, but the broken glass and the blood were proof that his memory was alive and well. They also told her that she needed to clean herself up. Lori opened the door to the bathroom, and the light turned on to reveal a massive mirror overlooking a marble double vanity with stone waterfall sinks, a Victorian-looking tub with golden hardware, and perfectly painted forest green walls to match the chairs outside. Of course, she said with a sigh. Will there be any average rooms in this place? She couldn't help but notice the irony. Such a beautiful house, such a messed up guest. Lori leaned over the sink and stared deep into her eyes, her focus shifting from one to the other, searching for courage or solace, anything but pain. Fear is not dangerous, she whispered, closing her eyes. You're safe. You're here. Now. When Lori opened her eyes, she found herself clothed in darkness. But she didn't think much of it. She figured because the lights were motion activated, the darkness was due to a lapse in time and her lack of movement. She waved her hand. Weird. Nothing happened. Then Lori noticed the bedroom lights were off, and the usual blue glow around the ceiling faded into red. 
She tried pressing the button under the light sensor. A surge of light filled the bathroom, blinding Lori, and just as quickly, it vanished. Specks of light danced around her in the dark. Goosebumps raced up her legs. Her body grew tense. She could feel her heartbeat in her ears and had that eerie sense that someone was watching her. She blinked furiously, trying to help her eyes adjust to the darkness. It was helping, no? A red light started to fill the room. She saw the counter, the door frame, the bed, and the broken mirror. She stepped through the doorway, hoping to find a light switch on the other side. Instead, she saw the shadow of a man hunched over the broken glass. She gasped, and the shadow's head snapped up as if noticing her for the first time. I see you, it hissed. Lori stepped back. The figure twitched and hissed. Then just as Lori reached for the door, the shadow lunged at her. She slammed the door, but the shadow rammed through it. The door swung open, sending Lori stumbling back toward the bathtub. She stretched and clawed for balance, but tripped over the toilet and took the shower curtains with her. The shadow stalked closer. Ice and the lights kicked on and the figure vanished. Lori's heart pounded in her chest. She sat in the tub panting trying to catch her breath for what felt like an hour, her eyes transfixed on the open door in front of her. The fog from all the adrenaline eventually lifted, and her next step was to flounder her way out from under the shower curtains and stumble out of the tub. She stood in awe. Broken pieces of glass, shower curtains, blood. What was going on? By the time she got both the bedroom and the bathroom all cleaned up, she cared very little about the blue bikini. The faster she could get out of that room, the better. She threw on the white cover-up Shantae left on the bed and walked out. The lights turned off behind her, all but faint red glow, and the door hissed shut. The shadow in the mirror smiled. Dang. And that's it. Wow. For that portion. That was tense, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Thanks yes. for reading that, man. That was... That was Awesome. Thank you. It's always fun to also hear someone read their own work. <laughs> yeah, I, that was that was great. So I hope that anyone listening is like, yes, we've been hearing about this scene for a while now. Yes. I think between revealing the story in the present as it's happening yeah. and the fear that she's feeling and the confusion and then like the small flashes of what happened in the past, I think those two things play really well together yeah. to create, I think, the tension you were looking for. So awesome. Bravo. Love it. Loved it. That was great. Thank you. Thank you Thanks, for doing that. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, let's move on. For those of you who skipped the story, you missed something really good. Um, <laughs> but we're going to dive now into our actual Bad Writers Club portion of today's episode, which uh, we want to be a place where, as struggling artists mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to make it and how to find success, here are the tips and the things that as we have done it, and maybe we're a little bit before some of you guys that sure. are listening to this podcast, here are some of the things that we have learned are helpful, hurtful, good practices um, as, we, as we move forward in publication. That's right. And I think that in particular... As writers who are yet to publish, right. the thing we want to communicate is what it feels like Definitely. and how to keep putting your work out there. And so essentially you're just learning along with us as we learn. Exactly. And, 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 and so I think it's still applicable to just try some of the things that, that we're trying. Yeah, that's good. So, Austin, you were actually the first to submit 
mm-hmm. work uh, in this recent kind of iteration of our writing, and especially as we've talked together, what is, you mentioned one thing before the, the podcast, but what is some of the things you've done to find publications? Good question. Um, yes, I was the first to submit and the first to be rejected, <laughs> so that's fun. Um, I, I would say for anyone out there who is wondering, okay, I have a short story, I have a poem, I have a novel that I want to get an excerpt published and something so I can start building uh, a little bit of a brand for myself. Yeah. Because I think the big thing I tell people when I'm like, oh, I'm writing a novel, they're like, that's crazy, what do you do when you're done with it? Um, the answer is you have to find an agent if you want to get published at a big publishing mm-hmm. company. This is all, I don't, I don't know this like, right. successfully, yeah. but this is what I've learned and this is what I'm going toward. So uh, you have to find an agent and usually agents will take on writers who have a few publishing credits of some sort in like a magazine or a periodical, like an online publication. So I, um, at at the suggestion of our late Grace, he's not dead yet. <laughs> but I'm try, I'm trying I was going to say, do you know something I don't know? I'm trying to put this to bed. We got to move on to a new writer. Just kidding. Um, Stephen King. He's he suggested. I mean, this was in the '90s when the, his on writing came out. But he suggested a copy of Writer's Market, which is actually a very very. Um, impressive and helpful tool. Um, I got mine on Amazon, but it is thick. It's like a 1500 page, essentially like phone book is what it looks like. And it gives a ton of tips and tricks on the front end of how to do the things that we're talking about. But then the last two thirds of it are novel publishers, small magazines that are looking for publications, and it gives you all of their information in that. So I actually, what I did, this might be helpful for people who are wondering, how do you actually do it? I went through one day and I looked at the stories that I had and the things I wanted to submit. And I took a little baby, baby uh, post-it note and I wrote on there, which story I would maybe want to submit. And then I just stuck it on the page to those publications. And it ranges from, you know, a small magazine at a college in Wyoming all the way to Time magazine. Like it's got everything right. in there. And what it what it has for you is what those places are looking for. So what sorts of publication what sorts of uh, works they're looking for, lengths, um, how often they publish each year, That's awesome. how many works they're looking for, how many works actually this was helpful, how many works are submitted to them every single year. Interesting. Which helps you look and say, okay, this one, they get 20,000 people. Maybe it's a good fit in, in terms of what they're looking for and what I can offer, but maybe I'll find a smaller publication and submit to them. And then it even tells you like how much it costs to, to like, pub, like to submit your thing to them and what you get if they choose. <laughs> so it's like, you know, $300 if you get your thing published or you get five copies of our magazine, those sorts of things. Gosh, that's like really helpful it is very helpful especially with the like submissions per year Mm -hmm. are you kidding me Mm -hmm. yeah you can really strategically place you know your your work depending on how confident you are in it or anything about feedback does it yeah so some of some of the blurbs they're a little different i think i think it seems maybe like the people who put the writer's market together 
either they edit or maybe they write the blurbs themselves, but it seems like each one is a little different. So okay. maybe they get like from the publisher, what is your process? What do you, what do you have? And, um, some of them will say like, uh, what was your question? Do they provide feedback? That's what it was. Some of them will say, um, automated replies. Some of them mm. will say, um, three to month, three, three to four month turnaround with feedback. Like That's cool. a little bit. Um, you just have to do a lot of digging, honestly. That makes sense. So it, yeah, I sat down for an hour or two. I'll flip this thing open, and then I was like, okay, my poem could go here, or my short story could go to this place. And then it provides all of their, like, website information and, and all that as well. So That's awesome. Very helpful. It's got each place broken down into what sort of nonfiction they're looking for, what sort of poetry they're looking for, what sort of genres they want to see. And it'll even say, like, we do not take genre fiction. Like, we do not take detective space horror novels. And then I'm screwed. Yeah. So Michael's got <laughs> no reason to buy this book. <laughs> um, but very helpful. It was like, I think it was like 25 bucks. Cool. And I ordered it on Amazon and it was there the next day. So that was a big help for getting my first one public or like not published, submitted out there to a, a publication. I think something you, something that I'm drawing from what you're describing in how to use this book is I think something that's going to tie no matter what across the board to maybe my tips and your tips are either way, make time for it. Exactly. You need to consider what is this place I'm about to submit to? Is my work going to uh, benefit them or fit even right with what they're trying to do and i think it's okay to have that confidence of hey i think my the writing i'm doing is actually going to benefit your magazine or your whatever publication is because in some sense to to do that to be confident in that means you will have researched what they do and everyone likes to get the guesswork out of the way Exactly. And so if you can take some of that guesswork out by doing the work yourself, I think that will cross all of our kind of tips and tricks exactly. is there is a portion of this, unfortunately, where it does require work. Yep. So no matter if it's a physical book with sticky notes and I love that kind of tangible sense of like, oh, I'm just going to categorize where my stories might fit in this place and you don't have to do it right away, but maybe you eventually do it. Yeah. And so, but whatever it is, you, which, whichever tips you try to apply, don't hear us say that it's just easy, go do it and forget about it. Or it's going to work. That's right. You, you need to put yet. in the work. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. I think I'm actually, my way is pretty similar. The tips I would give is just a digital version of what you're doing. And it actually kind of requires more work to do the digital way than having like a physical thing that you can just flip through real quick. Yeah, because you, just to give context, you will randomly send me a text and be like, hey, I found another publication, let's yeah. do it. And I think my question for you is, how do you find those things it's online? Good. If you don't want to buy the book and go through that whole process, there's, there's a million magazines and publications and small journals and other things <laughs> out there that are looking for fiction That's and right. for nonfiction. Um, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. So, Michael, how do you find those things? I 
So the first step is actually really easy. The first step I would I would encourage everyone to do is get a submittable login. Yeah. Go sign up for submittable. Uh, submit a bull, just so <laughs> I'm clear. Because a lot of online publications in particular use that platform and you can help yourself by already having a login and it keeps track of all the different submissions you give. And so that would be the first step is go to submittable.com. I haven't found a publication that doesn't use Submittable at this point. That's right. And so, so that's kind of step one. And then also step 1.5 is look through Submittable because they actually tell you and categorize different you can search who's accepting these kind of things yes now this is where step two is the hard part make sure when you see something that sticks out to you and it says like for instance horror genre Mm -hmm. accepting horror genre or whatever feast would fit that genre but i want to go now look at that publication and go is what I wrote gonna match some of the voice and subject matter that fits that horror genre? That's really good. Because even though I fit in the genre and they're accepting it, doesn't mean that that's really what they're looking for. The other reason for doing this as a part of step two is they aren't always accepting work within the word count you currently have. And so just because it says short story doesn't mean your word count is going to fit that short story word count. And so you want to make sure you're not just submitting something blind. Now, to be fair, Submittable takes a lot of guesswork out because once you hit I want to submit to this publication, it'll give you their guidelines. But I would just say similar to your sticky note idea is take note of those different options and where your work might fit those options and then read their guidelines. Does it actually fit? Oh, it does. Okay. I'll set that aside. Maybe for later. Make sure I can hit that word count. Or maybe it's going to cost me some money because it's a competition. It's not just a like regular publication. The other, the other thing about it is sometimes on Submittable, there's like, hey, we're accepting submissions over like a three month period and it hasn't actually started yet. So you're going to want to make a note, Oh, to like go back to that at that starting point. Make some little calendar. Sure. Do, do whatever, whatever helps you remember. And a lot of them are kind of, uh, it seems like they work in seasons. And so it kind of makes sense. But so that would be, that would be the, the next part is like actually, um, reading and researching the publications that are there. Because honestly, there are some publications that you might look at and even though your work could benefit them and be good for them, they might not have the like vibe you want. Right. And so don't just do this because the heck of it. Like make sure your work goes to where where you want it to go. Yeah. And that's actually something I'm wrestling with even with the novel I'm writing is like, yeah, I have an opportunity for a publisher to potentially pick it up, but do I actually want them to publish that novel? That's good. And so take some agency for yourself 
in in considering. So that's that's how I find them. Submittable Google, obviously. Mm-hmm. Google's the 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 longer road because you have to really get through the weeds. There there are a lot of dead publications that Google still has. Gotcha. And I found a couple of those. <laughs> Uh, and so by submitting, yeah. like I'd submit and it's like, we no longer exist. <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot. I just wasted 20 minutes. That's really helpful. I did not know that was how you did it. Yeah. Honestly, I've, I've personally only used submittable as a submittable platform where I put my publications in and then say, be free. <laughs> right. Hopefully you get chosen. I was unaware of the other side of it. So that is a very helpful tip and trick, mm-hmm. even for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say I want to echo your, your second point. The very first publication I sent a short story into, it said on in my writer's market, it was, it was like, we're accepting all types of fiction and we want to read whatever you got as long as it's under 8,000 words. And I was like, perfect. Mine's like, I don't know, 3,000 words. It is. It was like a historical kind of Western sort mm-hmm. of vibe. Um, about a father and a son and kind of meeting this like evil character. And I was like, this is entertaining. And I've heard people tell me like, this is an entertaining little short story. And I went into their website and I read some of the things that they were publishing. And a lot of it was like literary fiction where it's very mysterious Mm. and it's like stream of consciousness. The, The main character is like either talking in first person and like, recounting this long story that happened to them in the past that informs what they're feeling right now. And I felt in my bones, I was like, this is not what my story is like. And most of them are like that. And I said, ah, I'm going to do it anyway. And I submitted <laughs> it. And then for four months, because it takes them about four months, That's a lot right. of these places, when you submit it, for four months I was checking the mailbox because they said, if you get a no, you'll get an email. If you get a yes, we'll send you a, 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 something in the mail. And I was checking every single day. And I got my hopes up and then I got a little email and they're like, sorry, this isn't for us. I was like, shoot, (laughs) I could have been putting my efforts somewhere else, but I didn't pay attention to what they were actually publishing on the front end. And I caused myself a lot more grief than I think I should have. That is also why I love Submittable because what you're saying, uh, I think is really important for our listeners to know is you can submit works to multiple publishers at the same time. Right. But you need to know who you did submit it to and when, because if it gets accepted, you have to then let all the other publishers know that that piece of work has been accepted for a publication. Right. Because some places will not uh, accept republished work or previously published work. Right. And so you have to make sure that you know where you're submitting your work, but I would encourage you to submit that work to multiple places at the same time. Sure. Because you might as well, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to get no's and feedback or whatever it may be, just keep track of it so that when it gets accepted, oh, I need to go tell so-and-so it's already been published. That's good. Yeah, one of my favorite authors, James Lee Burke, he's in his 80s now, but back when he was first becoming a writer in his like early mid-20s, he worked offshore in Louisiana on an oil rig, but during, so he would go, go like a week on the rig, a weekend off, mm-hmm. a week on the rig, a weekend off, and on the weekends, he was writing short stories, and then he would send them, and his whole thing was, he was like, I never have a short story for more than two or three days, not out there somewhere, and so he would send off his short story, whatever he wrote, to like, 20 different publications. Then he would go back to the oil rig for a week, 
waiting for it to float around and then he would come back and sometimes get rejections, sometimes get like, ah, this isn't for us. And he was like, okay, great. And then he would just send them off to new places. And eventually it hits because writing is honestly a very subjective thing. Like you, you are putting things out there for people with different tastes, different personalities, different backgrounds. And eventually someone's going to be like, that was impactful to me. And I want to share that with someone. So making sure that, and this is something I'm bad at is because it does cost, right? Mm -hmm. It costs us money especially for a lot of these publications, it's like five bucks to submit your story. Sometimes it's like 20 bucks to submit your story. So you have to kind of count the cost and you have to do a little bit of front end work to see how can I get this in front of the the most amount of people who might like this. Good. So that's that's some uh, good tips for finding places to submit your publications. Um, If you have... Anything that maybe we missed, let us know. Yeah, on our Substack. we'd love to hear it. Yeah. The, the last thing I would say as we kind of start to wind down this episode is be sure that you are letting friends or your ideal reader have a look at it first. Yep. Because they might catch something, not going to say who. <laughs> But they might catch a spelling error or a thing that once you submit it could could look really dumb. <laughs> and so there's there's a real. It's awesome to have friends be a part of that pre-submission process. Definitely. I sent a freaking poem where I combined two words, <laughs> and I was like, I, I saw it after I submitted yeah. it already, and I was like, dang it. Which, if you're William Faulkner, that's fine. <laughs> that's like his whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what they thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're like, Wait. and that's why they rejected yeah. me. <laughs> but, but that is like a really helpful mm-hmm. thing is to bring people in to give you feedback before sending it out. Not it doesn't have to be super critical, but it could be a line editor type. Yeah. Like, hey, my wife's really good at sniffing out spelling errors. So it's like, hey, would you read this? Look for some spelling errors, and then go from there that's good or hey and so i would just say seek feedback before you even send it to a publisher because the publisher is the last line of the or the last stop on the line definitely to your your big readers yeah and i think uh something you just said is very important too seeking specific feedback is probably what has been most helpful for me because, and for the person that is giving feedback. That's right. Because I mean, when you sent me feast the very first time, I was also figuring out all my stuff and I was like, I can do this, but like, do you want, do you want line edits? Do you want story edits? Do you want character edits? It's good. And I have learned once I get a story done, I'm like, I, the writing stuff, I can figure out the grammar and the spelling and the whatever. But I sent it to you and to one of our friends, Parker. And I said, Hey guys, can y'all, can y'all, give me feedback on like the actual story mm-hmm. of this. Is it interesting? Do things make sense? Does it give you the like suspense that is then at the end either like left hanging or paid off or paid off? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think out of those would be best? Do you think the way that I've written all this front end stuff, would a cliffhanger be the best way to go? Or should I like kind of conclude it all and make it feel good at the end? Um, so seeking feedback specifically will not only help your person giving feedback, give helpful feedback, but it will also help you um, know what is working and what is not in your story. So 
that was really impactful for me. One of my stories that I've kind of got out there trying to get published, it's called Pump 4, and I wrote the first draft, and I was like, I feel good about this. And Parker, he, he, he came back with, I think this is kind of confusing. Mm. I don't know what's happening at the end. And you guys helped me multiple times just, like, go back over it. Yeah. And I think it's a very strong story now because of the feedback you guys gave me. Oh, yeah. I love it. So... It's great. I think that's uh, that's all we got today yeah. for Bad Writers Club. That's right. I hope you guys are enjoying the kind of tips and tricks that come with Bad Writers Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Austin said, feel free to yeah leave us some feedback on anything we might have missed. If sure. you have something you're doing, we'd love to hear kind of as a community of writers how we can better help each other publish our content. Definitely. So. With that said, we usually do a Bad Writers Club prompt, and we just wanted to give y'all clarity on when those submissions would potentially get read, and when we would provide you feedback, and all of that. And so, when we release a prompt, the last one was average jobs either in space or underground. When we release that prompt, you have one whole month to write it and then submit it and then we will on the next bad writers club mm-hmm. read one of our favorites yeah and so for instance this week was the in between bad writers club so i read a, my own thing and so on the off bad writers clubs one of us is going to read something we've written either a poem short story hey maybe we'll even sing a song yeah we don't know but then on the following, so it's every other month, exactly. we, will, we will highlight y'all's work. Definitely. So keep submitting for that previous prompt, and next month we're going to read what you did. So I'm very excited. We're about really it. excited. That's, that's it from an announcement standpoint. Yep. Be sure to jump on Substack, share with friends and family. We got an Instagram as well, Method of Making. Love it. And we would love to hear from you. So y'all have a great rest of your day. I hope you heard something that you liked. Yeah, thanks for sitting with us.